let's get started welcome to episode 12 of our blockchain bandwagon podcast i'm your host chachakuri founder and ceo of together mdm i'm also excited about chat gpt and ai having a reliable single source of truth is crucial for any successful ai solution at together mdm we offer a blockchain based solution for curating a single source of truth for mass data i'm here with my co-host brian angle hello brian hey chuck how you doing today they're good hey uh, good i'm brian i'm i've been in the staffing industry for over 20 25 years putting all kinds of people to work in all kinds of different positions and um blockchain is just a passion i love blockchain uh, technology and and what it holds for the future so what are we talking about today chuck Yeah, we have been talking about so many great things about blockchain and how amazing the technology is. Last week we focused on the technical differences between Hyperledger and Ethereum and when each is appropriate. Today I think uh we're going to look at supply chain use cases from the business side. You know, what are the various problems in supply chain and the many possible use cases for blockchain. Uh and wherever possible we'll dig into some specific projects, you know, and what their problems There's love some, it love right? it yeah so i did a lot of research brian and i'm sure you did too i learned so many things uh so what i figured brian was uh you know supply chain is a big area and there are a lot of problems people are trying to solve and particularly uh back in 2018 2019 so many companies jumped on the bandwagon and started building apps and when i looked at all these projects i found them into four categories five different categories one that deal with the finance aspects of the supply chain one that deal with the logistics of moving the goods you know how the goods are moved from one place to the other how right. they are handled off what are all the associated documents for it and then there are some problems that we need to trace the source of these products right where they are coming from where they are coming from whether they are sourced properly improperly and all of that and then the, the other aspect is safety like particularly what happens to contaminated food you know we're going to dig into each of these and how do we prevent fraud on particularly high value cases where uh unethical people are contaminated like you know substituting food substitution or uh product substitution like artificial diamonds instead of real diamonds sure right so each of these problems the common aspects for all these problems is they require coordination between multiple parties right and then then, then maintaining trust between these parties and then the complexity and then ensuring the security of the information Did you know how many people are involved in each when they say a chain I learned that there are like at least nine parties are involved in each wow that's chain a, that's a that's a a lot of people hands in the pot yeah exactly there's a there's a producers that who actually produce the raw material uh, and then there are processors who process that raw material there are distributors and then there are retailers and then finally consumers mm-hmm. and between these five people there are four different freight handlers the people who are actually moving the product from this you know what have you seen in terms of some of the projects man there's i mean there's there's a lot cuz uh there were like you had mentioned earlier the, the supply the, the shipping industries and what not there were they were at the forefront of this uh you know quote blockchain supply chain revolution uh in 2017 2018 and and a lot a lot of places jumped in and and uh you know it's just it's not cheap and it's it's costly and i think uh you know some places um didn't do their due diligence possibly up front as as much as possible or, or more it was more hope than it was a strategy and i think people are really understanding like hey it needs to be a an approach where all parties are involved and and people from across the industry need to be involved 
And so there's, there's a, it hits every single industry. I mean, industries I didn't even think about uh, and how it affects people, like, right? This is all about people. And so it, it really affects people at all levels where maybe in the past, you know, your farmers or your real producers are just, they're getting the short end of the stick, frankly, and, and payments, and, and they're always getting the low end. And I think blockchain, uh, you know, as I've seen in a few examples, can change a lot of that and, and really help out ac across the board. Yeah, when you said four different industries, I found like four different major cases of fraud in supply chain in the long. And then one in each, each is in a different industry. One is uh, the diamond industry where they have something called blood diamonds. For sure. These are diamonds that are mined in conflict zones and they're used to finance armed conflicts. And then there's also like a artificial diamonds that are produced in the lab. So these... Uh, the, the industry is trying to prevent sale of blood diamonds and then they want to prevent fraud using uh, artificial diamonds. That is the diamond industry, right? The other industry was counterfeit pharmaceuticals. You know, a same drug is sold in different at a high price and in different markets and also, you know, unregulated suppliers. Uh, right. They don't adhere to strict quality and control standards. You know, they can be dangerous and effective. So that's another thing. That is one. And then there is food fraud. This involves deliberate mislabeling and adulteration of food products in order to increase profits, right? That is an, and then there is oil industry. Oil and criminal gangs siphon off oil from pipelines and sell it on the black market, right? And then identifying that source is critical. And you were mentioning something about carbon emission handling or something because of the energy, right? Yeah, there's there's a project that's uh, that was started by Siemens Energy and the Abu Dhabi National Oil Company that's that's uh, has a blockchain to to be able to to come up with a certification and track all of their shipments and processes to, so they can cut their emissions by 25 percent by the year 2030. And, uh, you know, with the with climate change and and uh, the initiatives going across going a lot along across the world, this is, uh, you know, hyper importance to people to understand where their, where their energy comes from. Awesome. Also, let's, let's, I think that's a good uh, beginning for our discussion today. I want to dig us, uh, like, you know, dig deeper into these five areas of finance, logistics, traceability, safety, and fraud in a little bit more detail. When do it yeah, so supply chain finance, uh, Brian, I learned quite a bit about it by finance. Just the money aspect of it is pretty fascinating for me because uh, what this particular set of uh, use cases, what they try to do is they try to help manage the working capital and provide liquidity to supply chain. Right. And they also fall into three different uh, finance problems also come under three different classes. One is uh, invoice financing, right? What, what happens is when a supplier uh, gets an invoice, right? They go to a third party financer to get immediate cash, right? So that they can fulfill the order. Right. Right. So that whole area of class of applications is a use case. And in 2018, HSBC and Ing company used a blockchain technology to facilitate a live trade finance transaction between a buyer and a seller. Right. That this they just did invoice financing through the bank help these suppliers and buyers, buyers and sellers do that. So they used that back in 2018. Can you believe that? Yeah, that's, you know, that's like we had mentioned earlier is, you know, that's when a lot of people kind of jumped in and uh, were dabbling their foot in this uh, whole space. And I think it's just, I think all this area is refined as, as hey, I mean, it's hard to believe that, but that's five years ago. <laughs> that's <Yeah>. crazy. <laughs> and then there's another one was purchase order financing, right? In, in purchase order financing, where uh, the financing, the purchase of raw materials or goods, by suppliers based on confirmed purchase order from the buyer, right? So once a, a confirmed purchase order is there, the supplier needs to go buy a raw material. And for that, 
there is a financing. And this one, uh, in 2019, Proxius and IBM collaborated to develop a blockchain platform to purchase, to help buy, uh, do the purchase order financing. Right? And they needed, in a, in a lot of, in purchase order financing, you don't know when, when a purchase order is real or not. Right, yeah, give, exactly. right? a lot of fraud. It's just a paper. Right. Somebody is giving a lot of money based on paper. And to find that authenticity, I think this solution probably helps them with that. You know? Yeah, I agree. Yeah, 2019. You know, when you're looking for credit or uh, you bank can see directly into what's going on and who gets paid and, and who's going to get paid and who's financing what and what are your real assets. So, I mean, it's a it's a great tool for true transparency. Yeah. And then the third use case for supplier uh, supply, supply chain financing is trade finance, right? So they have invoice financing, purchase and finance, finally a trade finance. Now, this was an interesting thing. This is for uh, mostly for import-export type of financing, right? When the, this, this challenge with this trade finances, it can be complex. And it's time consuming because it really uh, involves some kind of cross border verification, right? And there are usually more intermediaries, intermediaries, right? And then customs agencies to manage a transaction, right? So you said something about this particular project, Brian. Musk and IBM collaborated to develop a blockchain based platform back in 2019. And you said it's ending. And it's what? It's it's ending this month. Yeah, so they, they came up with Trade Lens back in 2018, a joint collaboration with IBM, Maersk and IBM, to uh, you know try to try to have more transparency in the global supply chain uh, and you know, traceability of goods and and uh, shipments and things of that sort. So. Yeah, they started, they had 94 participants when they started, I think 20, uh, 20 ports. Uh, so, you know, yeah, well, honestly, it wasn't that big. It didn't seem like it's you know, that big to start with. And um, over the course of the last five years, uh, they, they didn't, they didn't get uh, the buy-in that they thought they might from uh, bigger companies such as, you know, hey, no, no company in China and no company in the EU, uh, which are two of the largest shippers in the world. I think, I think it said like 80% of the containers out there or China, uh, they, they weren't on board. So, you know, Hey, that's, that's a huge, uh, huge slash against the project right there. And when you put this in at such a huge scale and invest so many resources, you need a nice ROI to justify keeping it going. they just couldn't, the, the ROI wasn't there. So, you know, the question is posed like, Hey, is this really the end of enterprise, very large enterprise level blockchain projects? Um, I mean, I don't think so, but I think it needs to be. Uh, I think it needs to be looked at from a ROI's perspective, obviously. Uh, but more partnerships involved. Who's who's going to be involved? How are they going to be involved? What's the buy-in level? Um, do they want full transparency? Is it going to be you know a permissioned blockchain? Is it going to be a non-permissioned blockchain? Uh, there's just a lot of things, and I think. Uh, you know, enhance blockchains as a service. I think that's really going to come in and have other companies take over that that infrastructure per se. So the cost is cost is down, and you can partner with more companies that way, and, and it might make more sense. So I think there's a huge future for it. I think it's it's a complete game changer uh, for the world and supply chain. But I, again, I think everybody, a lot of companies jumped in, threw a lot of money at it, and tried to figure it out as it went and uh, you know, hey, sometimes things don't work out as you thought it would. You know, when I, Simbars is the biggest logistics company in the world, one of the biggest, right? IBM is the best technical company in the world, right? If together, if they couldn't pull it, pull it off, it might not be because there is no ROI. It is probably because of the pandemic and the way the supply chains were affected during the last, you know, 2019 and 2020. You know, the lock shutdowns and the lockdowns and uh, basically overall downturn, you know, and then the changing partnerships between China and U.S. and China and then other companies coming out. Yeah, there are a lot of factors. 
factors, but I mean, bottom line is just like anything else, you have to have a lot of buy-in and there has to be, there has to be a large buy-in for such a large project. You can't just have a few companies or a, a few areas. This was supposed to be, you know, their big thing was, this is, this is going to be the one that everybody uses, which they didn't. And instead of threatening, and it's smart by them, right? It's not like, Hey, let's throw more money at it and try to do it. It's like, Hey, let's take a step back. We still want to digitalize all our, all our, uh, flows of whether it's data and processing things of that sort, but Hey, we just may have to do it in a different way or maybe have to do it on a smaller scale or start something different, right? Partner with other companies. So it's really, yeah, I'm sure that had something to do with it, but I mean, bottom line, you got to make money. You can't lose money on it. And this has to be an easy thing to use for everyone. So there's really not a lot out about why they're exactly shutting down that I could find. It was, more of very generic from their, you know, CEO and uh, heads of business units. But um, yeah, it's, it's, it's really interesting. It's, it's a very interesting. Yeah. I'll dig deeper into that because my only thinking is, I feel like gut feeling is there is definitely ROI, right? And there has to be some kind of adoption. If the adoption is not there, is it because the technology is hard to use? Right. uh, or is it because of other reasons? No well, matter. you have other reasons of, hey, you don't want people seeing your information. You don't want to be part. Hey, Marisk is a competitor, so I don't want to deal with them. Um, whatever it might be, right? So it's it could be anything from lack of trust to, hey, we just don't want to be partners. To I, there's a yeah, like usability, like you said. There's there's a lot of I think there's a yeah. lot of areas. And as this kind of moves on over time, I can't wait to hear like, hey. What do they think could have changed? What could have been different? What went well? Things of that sort. So it's really, it's really cool. Yeah, because that's a very big project with a lot of ambitious project, and any lessons learned from there would be very valuable for all of us. Definitely. Yeah. So in the next category of use cases is supply chain logistics, right? Supply chain logistics is specifically focused on management and coordination of the moment of goods and materials through the supply chain, right? And to manage the coordination, that depends really on a lot on uh, the documentation, the shipping orders, uh, the permissions, right? And it's around the activities. Uh, and how do we make it better, right? It's a couple of things is basically tracking and trace, uh, then the inventory management, uh, and then there is some about something about payments to freight distributors, right? And they, this will lead to uh, a reduction in delays and disruptions and improve efficiencies. So these set of projects, I have a couple of examples. In 2018, Hong Kong Monetary Authority and 21 banks in Hong Kong, collaborated to develop a blockchain-based platform for trade finance and cross-border platforms. That's also one of the earlier uh, use cases, right? Mm-hmm. And they helped them share the documents and information in real time, which helped to reduce delays and improve efficiencies in cost priority. For sure. Interesting. Because you see, China is a big, China, Vietnam, in those areas, they're big suppliers to major companies. I was reading up on uh, Investor Bay uh, Tesla. They have almost thousands of suppliers for their cars. And they have a billion transactions yearly. Yeah, wow. Right? Think about all the amount of movement of parts that happens. Sure. In that- in that type of supply chain, right? I mean, they can definitely are probably seeing a lot of benefit from this. And it's, it's, they probably have finished this project a long time ago and they're already saying they're say, saving a lot of delays in improved sufficiency. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I, I found, I mean, I think, uh, you know, in that you said, you know, hey, China and Southeast Asia, that's a, a huge area and I completely agree with you. Um, and that's, I, I saw, I didn't even think about it. Like, you know, hey, Providence within a, a, the fashion industry, you know, hey, where does, 
where does where's the cotton coming from and where are they getting dyes and and uh you know hey right people are more now people more than ever care about where their their clothes were sourced from you know who's making it is it fair practice is it fair labor practices you know they they want to make sure they're not buying stuff from you know child labor or people that are only getting paid pennies on the dollar for their work uh, while other people are making all the money and yeah, there was one great use case that, you know, hey, again, back in 2017 was when the first uh, the first really tracking of a garment happened. And, um, you know, it's still in, in today as well. They're really moving forward with that. But, hey, there's a place in China that, you know, the U.S. has banned uh, cotton production from and, and imported. So, you know, it's, it's a great blockchain is a great way to. It cut down on fraud, and uh, and also uh, enforcing some of the sanctions that are they're putting on people. Right, you can buy this from this country, you can buy this from that country, you can ship to this country, things like that. Yeah, definitely, and it goes back to the again climate as well. People care about the climate, and uh, you know, hey, it's you can really track where where was it sourced, how was it sourced, was it environmentally friendly, if they took down a tree, did they replace it with trees, you know, everything of that sort. So it's, it's really a, really a great technology that can, that can uh, really move this, this the, the world forward. Awesome. And then uh, moving on to the next uh, type of use case is freight tracking, right? Uh, tracking the movement of goods through the supply chain. Right, and particularly the case of like freight transportation. So be, between these four different groups of people that move products from producers to processors to you know distributors and retailers, uh, they have they were looking for greater visibility and transparency into the moment of this, so that everybody knows what's coming and they can do their planning. For this, in 2019, Walmart and IBM collaborated. To develop a blockchain-based solution for tracking So basically, this allowed Walmart to track the movement of goods in real time, from the point of origin to the point of delivery. No, no wonder Walmart stock is going up. <laughs> yeah, they they really made a big difference, right? I mean, they need it. Yeah, exactly. No, it's uh again traceability. It's it's a uh, you know hey if if parts aren't there on time or things aren't on time or stuff is uh, stuff expires. I mean it's you know in real time and you know where things are in real time. In Walmart, I, can you imagine how many products and how many freights and how many places they ship to? Exactly, tracking them centrally is almost impossible. Right. Yeah, I'm sure they have thousands of suppliers, and so it's you know it's, it's a great thing to be able to track real time where stuff is, and when is it getting there, and what's delayed. Yeah, there's there's so many like you said, so many moving parts within a supply chain. And then the third uh, aspect of managing this movement is automation, right? A lot of this automation can ha can be done on a smart using smart contracts, right? So they're using smart contracts uh, to automate, uh, you know, the actual processes of moving goods, uh, reducing the risk of errors, fraud, and also increase efficiency. And this specific project use case, uh, Samsung SDS developed a blockchain logistics platform, right? So Samsung is pretty much automating all their logistics processes, mm -hmm. such as delivery scheduling and customs clearance, Right, and this particular their particular project improved logistics efficiency and reduced the risk of errors. So Samsung, I can see it's a, it's a they, their products are in every country, you know, for sure. So they, they so a lot of big players are embracing blockchain, you know, in a, in an interesting yeah. way. Yeah, one of the areas I saw that was in the logistics space, which I again I didn't even. There's just so many things I didn't even think about. 
but it's estimated like $25 billion in revenue is lost because of empty containers being shipped or, or partially uh, partially filled containers being shipped. And uh, there's, there's a few startups within the space that's actually selling unused container space and unused space within those containers um, that smaller exporters might not have access to, smaller uh, companies might have, not have access to, um, or frankly, just, just uh, it cuts down on cost for those companies and they can ship all over the world. Uh, it's it just, it's a huge, huge area that, that uh, just more revenue and going back to the carbon emissions, it's, it's going to cut down the carbon emissions of people uh, of those ships going across the oceans. You know, that I'm going off topic here. That reminds me of a company. I need to dig this into deeper. I was reading during the pandemic, this guy, Basically, he was delivering stuff when all the, like, you know, during the pandemic, there was a supply chain disruption. Right. Because everybody was waiting for containers. Sure. Right. And some of the smaller guys were not even getting a chance. Right. So what he did was in, in, in uh, trucking, there is a concept of uh, the way they do it is, they take orders. Like if I want to ship my, uh, uh, say, like a sofa, right? Mm-hmm. I can't afford a full truck. Right. So they can, they go to 10 different people and take 10 different different things. And then they take them. All the people going to Las Vegas would collect and just take one truck to Las Vegas. Right? So Makes they sense. were doing that type of optimization. They were right. doing during the pandemic. Yeah, it makes that perfect sense. Some of the high value items that really need to go, right? That can't wait. Uh, so this company got funded in the pandemic, and he was on one of the news channels, and they were doing a lot of those things. And I, I'm this is not related to blockchain, but there were a lot of improvements that were happening. You know, yes, exactly. It's it's the same thing, right? You can, a company like that could utilize blockchain, you know, as it, as it grows and gets bigger. Yeah. And they're they're trying to see those kind of optimizations. You know what I mean? And these projects can use that. So moving on to the next use case. Okay. There is certain class of products uh, like pharmaceuticals, food and vaccines. Mm-hmm. that have to be, uh, that are very temperature sensitive, right? They have to be moved throughout their journey. They can't be stored in a hot container or they get bad. They get abused, right? So the the freight people are required to maintain a certain temperature, document that temperature, and make sure everything is in the right range of temperature while they're moved, right? So that mm-hmm. is called cold chain traceability, right? So usually they have a certain cold temperature that they have to maintain so that the, you know, product doesn't get ruined. So even here, they have three different uh, classes of problems. One is they need improved transparency so that nobody's giving a bad drug to somebody or contaminated food to somebody, right? Say that's, that is yeah, that's, that's, kind, that's kind of important, huh? Uh, and then there is a real-time monitoring that they need, right? And they've been doing that without blockchain, and it's been very, very expensive, right? And then there are compliance and regulatory requirements, right? You can't store certain long, or, you know, you have to deliver before a certain time, like particularly maybe a let us have, maybe have an expiration date, you know what I mean? You can't mm-hmm. sell after a certain date, right? So Walmart... Uh, in 2019, that it required, it announced that it would require suppliers of leafy greens to use blockchain technology to trace their products from farm to store. Wow. So they kind of mandated all their suppliers of leafy greens. And they did it in response to several of the food outbreaks in foodborne illnesses mm-hmm. that lead to leafy greens. Right, so they use that, and specific use cases for this 
where uh, something called pharma trace uh, pharma trace is a blockchain platform that enables pharmaceutical manufacturers distributors and pharmacies to track the movement and storage conditions of drugs throughout the supply chain hmm. and this platform uses sensors and iot devices to monitor temperature and humidity hmm. right and that's where they're using the iot devices right so these devices pretty much record interesting and then there is a, another modem modem is a blockchain based platform that enables monitor of temperature sensitive products again similar use case but two different projects right and then there are other projects like ibm food trust and care for that do traceability and food safety but also manage uh whole chain traceability huh it's very fascinating to hear this and then the yeah, other it's it's oh. really a, yeah this this whole space is so interesting to me what was uh what was maybe the one the one thing you came across that was like wow that's really either awesome surprising interesting like that's that's really like a wow that's really a game changer was there anything that you came across in your research or in your reading that was like wow that really hit me yes oh definitely i can tell you one food safety yeah. right food safety yeah what i learned is like i'll give you a couple of examples of food safety uh ch- challenges that we have had in 2006 e coli uh, outbreak right in uh, was linked to contaminated spinach grown in california's Sil- salinas valley right this outbreak resulted in 99 confirmed cases of illness and three deaths right in 2006 and yep. it's happening every few years in 2008 there were 54000 children had to be hospitalized and six people died six kids died right and this was a chinese milk scandal mhm and 3 years later germany e coli e coli outbreak uh that resulted in 4000 cases and 50 deaths right and this outbreak was linked to sprouts grown in germany and the largest recorded e coli outbreak i didn't realize how many people we see this in the news every few years but we don't pay attention to the number of people right and right. then in 2013 there was a horse meat scandal and 2018 another remain lettuce outbreak right and what really struck me brand is and even back then when i heard these things how did they figure out which form you know where right. they came up and how do they know 54000 children you know and to do this they take months and for example the ecola outbreak in germany took several months right. right and imagine how much damage they could have prevented if they reduced it sooner right if they knew right away and how many of them this didn't get reported like if i got uh food poisoning from some restaurant and i have not reported it right nobody knows about it right only more than five or six people reported that's when they start investigating you know so these are very very uh like it's it bothered me that touched me you know and the costs of it so there are and these things are basically improve blockchain can really help them and we, everybody knows this now because of its traceability its ability to authenticate in auditing authentication you know efficiency smart contracts these things are all there and that and what i'm really happy is people are doing something about it we That's just talked about walmart uh you know and ibm food trust right we just talked about they're doing a lot of things in supply chain improve food safety and walmart we already know is forcing its suppliers of difficulties it just needs to do more and more 
of its producers, food producers and distributors and retailers to track this. And another one is TE Food. TE Food is a blockchain platform that enables the traceability of food products from farm to table. And this platform is the one that uses IoT sensors and QR codes. Huh. Okay. And I, I, I saw a video recently on YouTube that there are some products where you can actually scan the QR code and it tells you where it came from. Huh. So, so let's say you had some food and you're not feeling good and you want to check where it came from or you want to eat, bef- check before you eat. You know what I mean? Right. Oh, yeah, this came. It, it, it improves a lot of safety for us. It's as simple as that. And then there is Carefor. It's a European retailer that uses blockchain technology to track the movement of food products, including meat, dairy, and vegetables. And this company has implemented a blockchain in its supply chain to ensure that its products are handled and stored correctly. That's a huge improvement in the quality of our lives, I think. So that's my biggest fascinated thing about you know i love it yeah so what else is uh, this one more thing that i i read about uh auditing right uh fraud fraud is another major case uh that particularly high valued Products. Remember, you were saying something about DBFs. Yes, there. Yeah, correct. Yeah, they were they were one of the first ones. The they, they are the world's first blockchain backed diamond sourcing platform. So they, they came up with it. It's called Tracer, and uh, you can trace any diamond they extract from the ground to the holder, which you know, hey, does right the, the breakup of a diamond or. Uh, polishing, whatever it might be, to the store. So you, you can trace it the entire way. And then another interesting thing that uh, was, uh, you know how people are like very passionate about their coffee? Where they are. Of course. Uh, and there is a blockchain AI company called Vext360 that I came across. They're in a, yeah, they're, 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 Hands are in a lot of spaces. They're yeah, blockchain AI company, and and yeah, there there was a company Kauai eighteen ninety three, which is sourced at I believe it's Kenya. That um, the primarily I think ninety percent of the people that pick uh, pick the beans are women, and so uh, and they were getting basically no money. They were getting zero money. They didn't own any land. Uh, the supplier, the, the people, the middlemen were taking all the money, and the lady came up with this uh, this company and. You can actually tip the exact farmer that made your your coffee. So when you go to the, go to the store and get this coffee, either buy it, uh, buy a cup of coffee. You can you can send a tip, and money goes back to them directly to the person. Um, just to, it's a it's a huge sense of empowerment. And uh, again, blockchain has always been for me power back to the people. Right? It's take away the unscrupulous people and get them out of the middle of taking all the money and, and really get the people that work hard. Yeah, I, I have, do you ever watch that show called uh, Shark Tank? Yeah, I watch it every once in a while. Yeah, I know exactly. I used to watch it all the time. Yeah, so I used to watch it. And there were uh, some entrepreneurs, you know, they were pitching products that they were sourcing them from little villages in Africa or India. They make it there. Yep. And then they ship it over here. And then they make, you know, they, they were called like social responsibility companies or something like that. Right. right. They're, they're giving opportunities to these poor, impoverished, uh, you know, communities or they're promoting their trade. Now with blockchain, I can see how we can actually tip them, you know. Those kind yeah. of companies also use that. For sure. Absolutely. I and mean, that's. You know, the thing about block, I think it's speed as well, right? So you can, yeah, there's a way to track everything via paper or via, you know, electronic stuff. But, you know, blockchain, you can you can look at it instantly. And you know it's yeah. all verifiable. It's, that's the great thing. 
Yeah, you know, because when I when I see those companies on Shark Tank, I really don't know how much they are paying them. You know what I mean? Right. They have a great story. They're saying we are sourcing it from there, you know, and we can give it to you. But I think it would be a good idea to do that. Yep, I agree. Hey, I bring in Shiva. See what he has to say. Shiva, you want to add something? Yeah. But also, yeah, that's what really interesting topics, and uh, this will be going to be a lot of use case, and will be helpful in the oncoming. And one thing is, uh, I noticed, like you mentioned, like uh, supply chain, where each manufacturer and consumer they have to share the data. So how much they are confident to share? Like this, uh, we are consuming the data from the, this supplier and all. So yes, so the, the great question. So what happens is with every transaction, right? So there is uh, in a blockchain, there is uh, two things that you can share. So there is something called an asset, and then there is a uh, and then there is a value. Okay, now this asset can be a physical document. Yeah. Okay. So and then that is usually tied to a real world object. Usually, if it's a diamond, there is there is usually a high resolution picture and a certificate. So when I get it, I look at this high resolution and my product, they are the same. Okay. Yeah, because yeah, that's true. So, so what they do is when they package a product, right? Let's say a lettuce. When they had put a head of lettuce, they put a barcode or a scan code on top of it. Okay. Now, when that scan code is scanned in a in a in a freight company or in a distributor location, along with that scan code, wherever that is stored. the temperature whatever is added to that document okay so every piece of information is added to the document that is the asset that is your lettuce so when you when, when i go and pick up a lettuce in a store and there is a scan code in there then i scan that then i i will be able to see all this information yeah so this like uh, this makes all the companies they have to share certain information to centralize so even though competitor will be knowing some information for whom the supplier they are taking the product and all so in that way ah uh, this is where the permission and uh, private blockchains come into play right okay. so whenever most of these projects if you notice they are done by IBM and Walmart IBM and Mars IBM and Samsung, right? So they are mostly, almost all of them are, I believe, on hyperledger. Yeah. So in twenty eighteen, twenty nineteen, twenty sixteen, Ethereum was not robust then, right? Mm-hmm. So they were all built on permissioned private. So the document sharing was only within the group of people. See, everybody has to see that document, right? About the yeah. or that letters. what they may not see is the logist the pricing information yeah. right how much did somebody pay for shipping this lettuce from here to here right mm-hmm. how much did a uh, raw material guy, like a producer pay for the procurement guy or a procurement guy processing guy paid the uh, distributor how much did the distributor pay the retailer those things are can be hidden right and then yeah, the, can, seeing so the they, benefits this sharing this data between the companies that's uh, yeah like partners or comp- competitors is like if you see the benefits at least to certain extent of sharing the information centralized that helps lot no no certain data has to be shared by yes. nature of things right if you're mm-hmm. giving me a letters to take somewhere so let's say you're giving me a packet right mm-hmm. and i need to sh- move it from here to how do i know you're not giving me some cocaine or something <laughs> yeah <laughs> so i need to know where that package came from but i can't keep yeah. opening that packet every time yeah yeah that's right? true 
Mm-hmm. So, so that document associated with that packet, I need to see if I even move it from one place to the other. Yeah. So that is why the security, these places are so locked and guarded and everything so that that doesn't happen. But blockchain can make sure by looking at a tamper-proof QR code that can be tampered with. Mm-hmm. And some of the information won't be shared for sure, you know, because like private information, like uh, pricing information or mm-hmm. rate rates, those would definitely won't be shared. Yeah, I like that. Uh, I love I love this. Uh, just so many uses. Love this topic. Yeah, we have another speaker. Hey, Sean, can you hear us? Oh, he just left. Hey, Sean, if you want to talk, you can uh, unmute your phone. Okay. All right. You guys hear me? Yes, we can hear you, Sean. Sure. So you guys are talking about uh, supply chain uses and cases. What? What? What's the nature of... I, I actually... I literally... I'm not a big crypto person, but I just got off of a job a couple of days ago of um, doing security for a crypto uh, crypto event. So what what is exactly you guys are talking about? So we, we are not talking about crypto, but we are talking about the blockchain technology as it is uh, used uh, in moving goods, uh, you know, difference in the supply chain, basically. And how are people using it? What are the different projects that they are doing? So that's what we were talking about. Okay. Uh, there is, and, and I mean, I was talking to these guys, and they didn't have a particularly great response. But I, I, I want to understand, like, and, and honestly, I'll be completely candid. I think money is a fictional concept, and if you can get in on the right type of like blockchain or the right type of crypto at the right time, you can make massive amounts of money. But I still see this as an extension of wall street and even a bad extension to wall street. I hate wall street, but I don't think that there is any value necessarily in the conditions of the system, but there is a value in the conditions of what people perceive to be value, which is is a complex topic, but also could make somebody very rich if you analyze the condition at the right times. So yeah, within the crypto space, yes, that's that's one hundred percent correct. Within the supply chain space, you know, it's, it's tracking goods, it's tracking it's tracking payments, like real life dollar payments, uh, cross border payments, uh, loans. Uh, Anything along those lines. So it's you know, tracking providence of where, where a, a shirt comes from or, hey, where a, a shipping container is coming from and, and how much emissions it's using in the atmosphere uh, to diamonds where the, from their source to store. So it's, it's really tracking well, along the supply chain. There's so many areas with it. So many people touch the supply chain that it's so uh, so dispersed right now that there needs to be a trusted area that that uh, tracks all the data in real time that is highly secure, which the blockchain is. I, 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 I agree with that, but the problem is, is that if you're dealing with a bunch of sociopaths, they're not going to give a fuck about that. I, I, and I, I, I kind of mean that candidly, but, like, is there something more to this system. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, no, I was just saying, so it's like a perfect example, like when when most people think blockchain, right? You think Bitcoin, you think Ethereum, you think crypto, you think crooks, you think that this is completely not anything involved with that space, right? So yes, it's on a blockchain, but it has nothing to do with the crypto area. You use it for security, 
you use it for providence, you use it for um, highly secure tracking of data. Uh, that's not, that's, that's immutable. It's, it's, uh, you cannot change it. It can't be hacked. Nobody can change a piece of paper or a piece of email that says, hey, you don't owe a million, you owe 10 million, right? So that's, I, I completely agree with you on the crypto side. That's a whole nother side. I'm very passionate about that side as well. And I, yes, there's a lot of things that are shady on that side. Absolutely. Um, and this is completely on another side where it's, it's more of ledger trackability. Well, I, I'll just, I just want to ask this question, but like, you want to talk about ledger trackability. There is like, if you're talking about what I think you're talking about is based upon the internet and the focus on the internet. But then end of the day, if you're talking about the nature of kind of cryptocurrency or even beyond that, just the general nature of conditions of like digital currencies or digital elements of value there still is no basis for it to be guided or governed and as such it, it has made people a lot of a lot of people very rich very quickly but it's also left a lot of people holding the fucking bag you know what i mean <laughs> like I, it, yes it has that is and, true, I, I, and I, I guess, I guess my 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 question would be: How do you gauge in such a volatile system that exists? You know what I mean, but doesn't actually have any rules or definitions to it. You know what I mean? There, you don't get your money back if you get cheated, like if you get cheated in, in Wall Street. You know what I mean? So there is a hard condition and a hard line of like. This is, I mean, like, there is a very real ability to make a lot of real money, but there's also a very real ability to you to lose all of it without any actual resource or ability to gain any of it back. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I, I get you. I, I get what you're saying. Uh, absolutely. Completely, completely get you on that side. Yes. Yep. Completely agree. Yeah, there's unscrupulous people and unscrupulous uh, processes and and uh, 100% yes I, I'm on the same page yep I agree Black crypto is really uncertain and scary I love it I love crypto but this is a, right that's yes I it's a whole other thing but yes you are completely right Sean that's a, a area that is for unscrupulous people it could be right it could be used for nefarious activities and, and things of that sort a hundred percent I completely agree. It could be manipulated very easy. Crypto can be commitment. The price can be manipulated very easily. Awesome. Thanks a lot, Sean. I think we are uh, wrapping up our uh, questions. Unless uh, Brian, you want to add something or Shiva, you want to add something? Nope. I'm good. I, I, yeah, love the topic. I appreciate it. Thanks a lot, guys. Uh, Thanks, Shiva. Thanks, Shiva. Thanks, Chuck. Thank you. Bye-bye.